We thank him for all things. So we want to go again, I want to repeat, to the throne of grace. I want you to pray with us as we pray for you, as we pray for this day, as we pray for the things that are going on in this world right now. Father, we thank you right now, Jesus. We thank you for what you've already done. We thank you for what you're going to do. We thank you for your blessing. We thank you that that magnificent love that you have that allows grace and mercy to cover us, to give us chance, to give us opportunity every time we open our eyes, every time we're able to get out of our beds, every time we're able to stand on our feet, every time we're able to lift up both our hands, lift up our eyes, have a sense of smell, have a sense of taste, have a hearing to be able to hear from you. Father, we thank you right now. We thank you right now for being the lamb. And we don't have to bring sacrificial offering of bullocks and lambs for blood sacrifices anymore because you've already been that sacrifice. And that now that you died, that you laid upon the cross, pierced in your sides, blood came streaming down in water for us that we might not have to be sin, a slave to sin, trapped in sin. Lord, we thank you right now. But not only not to be a slave to sin, but to have freedom, to have a free will choice. Free will choice to choose. Choose whether we want to magnify your name, lift you up, glorify you, give you the thanksgiving, give you the praise. And we should automatically, Father, right now, give you the glory, give you the praise, give you the honor. We lift you up, Lord. We praise you right now, Jesus. You're precious and you are the precious lamb that paid the penalty, the price. You didn't do anything wrong. You haven't done nothing wrong. We can't find no wrong in you. Nothing but love. Nothing but grace. Nothing but mercy. So, Father, as we hear your word, help us not to harden our hearts. Give us ears to hear what the Spirit has to say unto the church. Send your healing and deliverance into our lives unto day. Every time we hear your word, Father, give us a convincing and a convicting. Father, that we will understand that there are things in this old flesh, which is a sinful nature, that doesn't want to line up with your word. That even has gotten to the point, don't even want to allow us to hear your word. To want to find excuses to step aside. To not hear the word of God. To not believe the word of God. To not trust the word of God. To not have the confidence to know that you are still in the healing business. That you are still in the deliverance business. 
that you are still in the breakthrough business, that you are still in the freedom business, giving us freedom, giving us choice, giving us free will choice, how to decide, what to decide. And Father, that you would be on the other end of what the outcome may be. Father, we thank you right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for everything you've done. Touch every person, every individual all over this world. And Father, we need you right now in every little small town, city, every region, every state, every country. There's so much hate, hate, bitterness, and anger, Father, that's causing people to snap, to lose their control, self-control, to go off, to take weapons, to take one another's lives, to destroy each other. For what reason? After we've destroyed the other person, what have we accomplished? We haven't accomplished anything. But Father, let your blood cover the workplaces, the school, the children, the parents, the neighborhoods, Father, the towns, the city, the country, the states, the region. Father, wherever your mercy will cover, whatever your mercy will cover, Father, let your blood cover with the shield of protection. Father, keep us safe, Father, from all hurt, harm, and danger. Father, we understand that the devil is as a roaring lion, deceiving, causing people to lose their mind, to be confused to be mistaken for things that they don't understand. Father, we thank you right now. But Father, you have the power to overcome. You proved it in Israel. You proved it in Egypt. That, that there is nothing greater than you. Nothing. There's no other God. There's no other idols that people put before you is not greater than you. And all of these things that they try to break up, you prove it. You've proven it in your word with all the plagues that you used to let Egypt and Israel know that you are God. And everything that they worship and all the God that they tried to put before you, they had to give up. They knew that the thing that they worship was not greater than you, God. And the same today, let them know that no sun God, no idol, no material things, none of those things, none of the, none of the jobs, the pleasures, nothing that they put before you is greater than you. And what they have to understand that you are the creator and the maker of all things. And everyone and every person and everything that exists. So without you, we can't exist. Without you, we can't do anything. So help us to understand by convicting, convincing us and giving us confidence in your word that you are God. And you are God all by yourself. And that, they, that you came into this world through your son, Jesus. You've given your life by the Holy Spirit that you were birthed and given to us to show us through mercy that you love us. And Father, we thank you right now. We thank you for all you've done. We thank you for all you're doing. Touch right now. Send a covering right now. I plead the blood of Jesus right now, Father. Over the city of one on the Mississippi. Father, over the school, one on the elementary school and the high school. Father, in every other school, Glory. and the daycare, yes, and everywhere, in every place, we plead the blood right now, in every neighborhood, 
in every city, every region, Father, every state, every country. Father, cover right now. Cover right now with your blood, God. Cover with the shield of protection. Keep the children safe. Keep the teachers safe. Keep every person that in the workplace safe from all hurt, harm, and danger, Father, of the deception of the adversary. And Father, touch the minds of those that are unstable. Father, that they don't realize what's going on within them, within themselves, or they may be confused about what they should be doing. And what they should be doing, Father, is to repent. Repent to come to you and ask for forgiveness, that you might change their heart and you might change their mind, that you may change their direction and how they should walk and how they should live. So, Father, we thank you right now. We praise you right now. We touch and agree with you in your word. Father, we give you praise. We magnify your holy name. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, Father, we declare, we decree that it is done because you have said already, if we ask, it shall be given. If we seek, then it shall be found. Father, we praise you. We glorify you right now. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. 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 Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank God for another day. Amen. A beautiful day. Wonderful day in the Lord. Amen. All right. We're getting ready to bring forth the words. The word of the true and living God. We magnify him right now. We lift him up. So God bless and good morning. Good morning again. We greet you by saying hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank God. Amen. In your Bibles today, we want to bring a word to your attention. Amen. We want to begin in the book of Matthew. In the book of Matthew, we want to look at chapter 6. We want to look at Matthew chapter 6. And verse 14, we want to bring something to your attention today that sometimes we we don't think about. We just go through our everyday routine sometimes as if that automatically, that whatever we plan, that whatever we decide to do, that that is what's going to happen throughout our days. But with all truth, we don't know what the outcome of our days will be. We don't know what may happen. We don't know how it's going to start. We don't know where it's going to begin. We don't know where it's going to happen at. Hallelujah. But it's one thing that I want in this message today to bring out to let you know that if you haven't thought about it or if you haven't paid any attention to it that there is hurt in the world people have been wounded people have been abused addiction is overtaking them pleasure is overshadowing them Pride is causing them to be blind. Arrogance is making them feel like they got it all together. 
But I'm here today to let you know, according to biblical doctrine, the word of the true and living God, to let you know that we don't have it together. You say that sounds like a degrading statement. No, it's not. I'm letting you know the reality of life. Because when you look around you, if we had it all together, we wouldn't allow certain things to happen if it was in our control to stop. But if we be real about it, we don't have the power to stop stuff that happens. But we do have the power to choose a God. An omnipotence, omniscience, presence of an all-powerful God that can step in and that can fix and that can control and that can change anything at any given time. But we have to do our part. We have to do our part. God has already given us commandments. The main two I always mention. The main two that he said that all of the other hang off of these two is to love the Lord your God with everything you got, all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength, with everything that you got on the inside. I talk about that love, my, the word of God and my heart. That's where it's got to start. And then he said, secondly, to love your neighbor, love your brother. It means to love people like you love yourself. You heard me even in the message mention that how can we say we love one another when I'm looking at destruction right upon us, destroying each other, tearing down each other, abusing each other, brutalizing each other, taking one another lives, hate and bitter and anger, just standing out in the depths of our hearts. And as soon as something doesn't go right, we're ready to snap, we're ready to blow up and take somebody's lives. And not only take the one that you're mad at, like, you're ready to go out and take all the other that's around or even near or in that area or whatever the place may be. For what? They didn't do anything to you. But today I want to let you know where it begins, where the healing begins. Where the healing begins, it begins with forgiving. That's where it begins. In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 14, he says this. Jesus said this. He says, for if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. It's plain and simple. It's plain and simple. You say, well, how can it be so simple when somebody does something wrong to you? Well, you see, when you begin, if you begin loving each other, if you begin loving God, if you begin with those commandments, you won't get to this part where you have to carry out all of the forgiveness. Why? Because the person would love you like they love themselves. You see, it's not hard to figure here with scripture, with the base the principle that Jesus gave us, the direction and instruction that he gave us. The problem is that we're following after the desire, the bitterness of this old fleshly desires or the wounds, the hurt, the pain that's been put on it. 
And so when it been those things happen, then we tend to have an issue to want to retaliate. Hallelujah. To want to retaliate. And so when we read this verse of scripture, and it follows up with the Lord's prayer. But when we read verse 15, he says, but if you do not forgive men their sins, your father in heaven, your father will not forgive you of your sins. Your father will not forgive you of your sins. Now I want to go back up to verse 10. Go read the Lord's Prayer to you that brings it down to this. This is why if you don't even know how to pray, you don't know what to say. If you don't know what to do when it comes to seeking the Lord, he has given you instruction what to say, how to say it, and it covers every aspect of our life. Every aspect. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In fact, I got to start at verse 9. It says, this is then is how you should pray. He says, our Father in heaven, Hallowed be your name. That means the name is holy. He says, your kingdom come, your will be done. On this earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have given our debtors. And lead us not into temptation. Let me pause. Lead us not into this anger, despair of hate or brutality to take somebody's life for no reason, even though we might feel like we have a valid reason, but we don't. Because in that statement, it follows us up. She says, but deliver us from the evil one. He said, for if you forgive men when you when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. That's that statement I just mentioned to you. But if you do not forgive men of their sins, your father will not forgive you of yours. Today, I want you to think on something. There's a question I want to put in your mind. I want you to think about it as I Share the word of the living God to you all over the world, wherever you may be hearing this. Stop, pause, and think about this. How can you get a healing holding on to hurt? Again, how can you get healing holding on to hurt? I've just read you a verse of scripture that the way that you get healing from being hurt, from being wounded, from being bruised, from being used, from being abused. He said, for if you forgive men when they sin against you. And I, I want to put a word in there in the place of sin, but it's going to still represent sin. Uh, for if you forgive men when they hurt you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. In other words, he will heal you of the hurt that's been put on you. So if you cannot forgive men of the hurt or the pain or the abuse that they put on you, 
your father in heaven will not forgive you of your own hurt and the thing that you've done against him. Hallelujah. That means not being obedient to his word. Why would God create man in a whole big universe and place him there, place him here and give him instruction as to how to live? Why? Because God is the only God that knows everything about you because he created you. He knows about the flesh. He knows about even before Adam even made the mistake of not listening and disobeying him. He knows about the flesh. And so he has been trying to give us instruction, direction as to how not to live in the midst of this hurt and broken heartedness. And the only way to do that is to be forgiven. Because he knows it's going to happen. Why? Because of the disobedience of Adam that brought these things of the right to know the difference between good and bad, hate and bitterness, right and wrong. And so now he's allowed decisions making to enter into his life. And so this is why Jesus came again, came, and he changed the things from the priests having to bring bullocks and lamb for sacrificial offering because it couldn't cover and it couldn't cleanse the sins of the flesh or the decision-making of mankind. That is going to take the blood of Jesus to change anything in your life. Hallelujah. I want to take you to Luke 4 and 18. I'm coming back. I want to tell you what he said here. Letting us know that this is good news. This is good news that you're hearing right now. What, what good news? That there is an answer to our problems. There is an answer to our situation. There is an answer to this old sinful nature. There's an answer. There is an answer to your addiction. There's an answer to your abuse. There is an answer to disease. There is an answer to everything that's going wrong with these bodies and our minds and our hearts. There's the answer. Here in the book of Luke, I'm going to read 14 down to 18 so that you get the clarity of what I'm trying to tell you. 14 says, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. And news about him spread through the whole countryside. He taught in their synagogues and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue as was his custom. And he stood up to read. Here's what he did. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it. He found the place where it is written. Now, this is the scroll, which is where God, by his spirit, moved upon Isaiah to allow him to speak this word to the people. And now Jesus is being challenged with this right before him because these men thinking they are about to change Jesus for who he is. But here's what was said. He says, unrolling it, he found the place where it is written. 
He says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. I want to pause for a minute. Whenever the word of God is being preached, taught, spoken of, by a man that is filled with God's Holy Spirit, by a man that is guided by God's Holy Spirit, right now, such as myself, this is not arrogance that I'm saying, but when it's real and it's right, that's what it is. Because in Romans, it tells us, unless he be sent by God to preach this good news, it does no good. Unless the man is guided and directed by his Holy Spirit, it does no good. Unless that man is being utilized by the Spirit and guidance and the direction of the Holy Spirit that is given by God, it does no good. But here's what he has to say. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. Anybody that is wounded, anybody that have a problem, anybody that's weak, he has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners. Prisoners of what? Prisoners of sin. Sin of what? Of this old natural flesh. What kind of sin? Watch this. The sin of hatred, bitterness, malice, anger. That's what I'm talking about today. I want to remind you my question to you as I read these scriptures, how can you get a healing holding on to hurt? I'm going to challenge you with something else after I read this. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. This is not just recovery of sight to the blind naturally with their natural eyes that he's speaking of. Blind it spiritually. Huh? Blind it spiritually. To release the oppressed. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Why? What is he saying? I come to give you healing. But healing starts with forgiveness. As I read you in the first scripture, in 14, if you forgive men when they sin against you, that's where the good news is. That's where the healing is. That's where it begins. That's where the hurt, the wounds, the abuse, the addiction, that's where it starts to change in forgiveness. Now, I know people in their mind, they've been taught this thing or they've been believing this, that, oh, I can forgive, but I can't forget. You just fooled yourself. Not only have you fooled yourself, you just lied to yourself. Not only have you done that, you're never going to get over your hurt. You're never going to get over your pain. You're never going to get over anything that anybody ever done to you if you continue to hold on to who and where and how you've been hurt. Because when you hold on to hurt, healing cannot begin. When you hold on to hurt, how? Unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is what stops the healing, the miraculous power of Jesus Christ. If you can't understand what I'm saying right now, you'll never understand anything. This is what the Bible is saying. The Bible says this. We just read the Lord's prayer to you. And everything in the Lord's prayer speaks to forgiving and forgiving and get overing your hurt and pain and whatever you're dealing with, whatever come from anybody else. 
Don't you understand when we apply forgiveness for real in our lives? I don't want to hear you talking about, well, I can't forget it. Yeah, it's going to be a little while before you get over the cut, the scrapes, and the bruises. Of course, when you scrape your hand or you scar and cut yourself, that scar is going to be there for a while. But if you continue to apply the stuff that helps it to heal onto the cut or the wound, eventually it's going to heal. Eventually you're going to get better. Eventually it's going to change. Don't you ever recognize when you cut yourself and when healing is working, the wound begins to change color. The scab begins to come over it. That means healing is in the process. And up under the scab, there's something changing in the middle of the process of the healing. This is what's got to happen with forgiveness and forgiving ye one another. One another for hatred, for bitterness, for abuse, for molestation, for rape, for whatever it is. You say, well, they're going to get, oh, they're not going to get away with what they've done wrong. You just got to get past the hurt and the pain. And the only way that you can get past the hurt and the pain is you got to forgive them. And the only way that allows you to let go of the hurt and the pain and allow the healing to work is when you forgive them. The forgiveness is not for them. The forgiveness is for you to begin healing in your life. That's what forgiveness is for. You see, the devil got you fooled. Let me slow down here. Let me maintain my composure because this Holy Spirit is something real on the inside. It just really bothers my soul and spirit when people are talking about, I can forgive, but I can't forget. Well, guess what? Then, if you always thinking about holding on to the hurt that somebody gave you, I just read the question, then how are you going to forget? See, forgetting is the part of the healing. Forgetting is the part of moving forward. Forgetting is the part of going on with your life. Forgetting is a part of loving you one another, irregardless to what they've done or how they've done it. You say, well, I ain't going to let nobody just get over on me and all like that. Well, you keep on living like that and see how your life is going to turn out. Look around us right now. What's happening to the world right now because of unforgiveness? Wars are happening. Hatred and racism is still alive. Bitterness and anger in our neighborhoods. Gangs and all of the shooting and murdering are in our children. It has festered all the way down through our neighborhoods and into our generation, into our children. So you telling me you rather not forgive somebody and to change the process of the hurt and the wound and the pain and to move on with love among one another and allow killing and murdering and rape and all of this stuff to continue? Yes, that's what you're saying if you can't forgive. That's what you're saying if you can't let it go. That's what you're saying anytime. I'm telling you, how can healing work when you're holding on to hurt? It can't work. How can the doctors, watch this here, how can the doctors do his job if you won't follow the instructions? What good is it going to the doctors and he gives you a prescription that causes some assistance to help healing in your body? And you say, well, I ain't taking that medicine. He don't know what he's talking about. 
Well, why didn't you go believing that he could help you in the first place then if you're not going to do what he asks or he'll give you the instruction as to what he has given you that will help you? It's the same thing with God's word. Why do you go to church every Sunday? Why do you read his word? Why do you hold on to praising and giving God the glory if you can't forgive somebody? There is no way that your praise and your worship can be worth anything if you're holding hatred and bitterness in your heart. Healing cannot begin. Healing cannot begin if hurt and pain is being held on through unforgiveness in your heart. You will never get delivered. You will never move forward. You will never have a new life. You will never have a prosperous life. You can have a lot of stuff. You can go through a lot of things and still not be happy. Why aren't you happy? Because there is some unforgiveness on the inside. There are some things you're holding on the inside that you haven't let go of yet. And let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. There can be some hurt. There can be some stuff you're holding on to on the inside and not even realize. If you're walking around every time you see a person or persons or individuals or whomever it may be, that have hurt you, that have done wrong against you, whether it be a family member, whether it be a friend, whether it be an associate, whoever it may be, if you're holding on to it, that, that hurt and that pain and that, that anger, that, that, that revenge is always going to be lingering back in, in the back of your mind. And let me tell you something. Let me bring it on closer to the house. And if you can't forgive yourself, of something you may have done wrong against someone else. And you know that it needs to change. And you know that that hurt that you put on somebody else. And you can't go to them and get forgiven because they don't want to forgive you because you're still mad at one another. You're both going to be always be in a terrible place. You're going to always be in a terrible place. Hallelujah. Watch what Proverbs 17 Chapter 17 and verse 9 said, watch this right here. He says in Proverbs 17, verse 9, he said, he who covers over an offense promotes love. I mean, he forgets it. He's allowed healing to begin. But whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. That, that is plain and simple. Every time you think about this, you have friends, you have buddies, and someone have wounded you, maybe just even in a relationship. And you say, oh, man, you know, they tell you, oh, I wouldn't take that. I ain't going to, I wouldn't put up with that, man. I, I wouldn't let them do me like that and all that. All they are promoting is unforgiveness. And the more they promote unforgiveness, the harder it is for you to move forward. We go on to all of the psychological places and rehabs and all that. There's only one answer. And all the people in their rehabs and all the psychological psychiatrists and all them, they sit there and listen to your problem. All they're trying to do, see, Jesus is the one waiting to listen to your problem. And all they're trying to get you to do is admit where your problem is. <laughs> you pay them all the money just to find out you're the one that's holding the problem. You're the one that's holding the issue. You're the one that won't let go. 
And Jesus been saying it all the time. If you can't forgive, you won't let go. If you can't forgive, you'll always hurt. If you can't forgive, you'll always be mad. If you can't forgive, you're going to build up anger. If you can't forgive, you're going to have hate in you. If you can't forgive, you're going to have bitterness in you. If you can't forgive, you're going to have frustration in you. You're going to be snapping and calling people all sorts of names and all sorts of language coming out of your mind. You know, people people say so much foul language today, they think that is pretty. They think it's a wonderful thing. You're not, you're not, you're not. That's not beautiful. That's not nice. And it doesn't impress anybody. Doesn't impress anybody. You ought to contain your mouth. Change the way you talk, the way you speak, the way you deal with people. And so when you when you have these attitudes that you're generating, then it calls others to have attitudes. Yes. So the word says, he who covers over an offense promotes love. In other words, he allows love. And the Bible tells us love covers multitudes of fault. So when you love one another, which starts with forgiving one another. You see, you can't you you can't say you love if you can't forgive. There ain't no way you can say you love somebody, but you can't forgive them. There's no way that you can say you love the Lord and you can't forgive. Now the Lord has already proven how much he loves us. Look at what he has done. When he hung on the cross, being pierced in his side, he didn't do anybody wrong. Show me anywhere where Jesus did somebody wrong. There is nothing that I read or have read in scripture that Jesus had done anybody wrong. But let's reverse the table. Did mankind do him wrong? Yes, they did. Yes, they did. Is mankind still doing it wrong? Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. But Jesus hung on the cross. And yet, in the middle of everything that was happening, his despair, the pain, the anguish, the blood that came streaming down, the water piercing that hit the ground and caused the earthquake on Skull Mountain, a place where all the dead were Golgotha, that where he hung. And through all of that, even the thieves that were hanging beside him, one of them had the sense to realize that First thing he did was admit that, Lord, we did nothing. I mean, he said, you did nothing wrong. We're, we're guilty. We're guilty for what we done. Why are you here? And the one thief realized, he said, you know what? He said, when you get to your place in heaven with your father, remember me. In other words, that thief was asking for forgiveness. And Jesus, and with all of that going on, he even turned around to prove who he was with all of that. He said to the Lord, even after he felt the pain, 
that he had gone through in his fleshly body. He turned around and said, he said, Lord, forgive them for they know not what they do. Don't you understand the power of forgiveness? You've been throwing unforgiveness and forgiving around as if it doesn't matter. You know what? Forgiving one another is the biggest key in our lives. Matter of fact, forgiving one another is the biggest key to show how we love, really love one another. Because see, one thing about forgiving and one thing about the commandments, if you love you one another, you won't hurt one another. But if you hurt one another, you're ready to forgive one another. So if you can't do either of the two, then your every day, the rest of your life, this is why mental sickness, mental illness is running rapid in the world today. Mental illness is not running rapid because it's just a natural disease. You know why? Mental illness is running rapid because there's unforgiveness in your heart. You say, how can you say that? Because unforgiveness stems everything else in life. Hurt, abuse, neglect, hatred. Bitterness, uh, uh, any type of thing that you face as a child, somebody may have misused you, raped you, molested you, and you've been holding on to that pain for years. And you're holding on to it because you think, you think the devil have you believe in that. You can't forgive that person for what they've done wrong to you. I'm trying to tell you because you forgive them of what they've done to you is not a sign of you letting them get away. No, no, that's not it. Forgiveness is a sign that you wanting to be healed from the abuse, from the pain, from the nightmares and everything that you are having throughout your life and you can't move forward. And once the forgiveness process begins, I believe this. I believe this. Once the forgiveness process begins, I believe God's word starts to work on the other person for what they've done wrong. For what they've done wrong to you. You see, he cannot go to work for you unless you follow his word that he has given you. See, God operates according to his word that he have placed in these scrolls, in the scripture, in these precepts, in these commands that he's given. That's how he operates. That's how he operates. He don't operate on a whim that you just throw something out there and then he just automatically go for it. No, 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 no. He operates according to the way his word have been shown to you, taught to you for what is going on in your life, what has transpired in your life, because he has already said that I will never leave you nor forsake you. So if you don't want him to leave you nor forsake you, and if you want him to work on your behalf, I just read it to you in the book of Luke. I'm here to preach the good news. The good news is, which means the answer to your healing process, 
to your hurt, to the wound, is you have to forgive if you want to be healed. If you want to be healed. You have to forgive if you want to be healed. The only way, again, yeah, I'm repeating it over and over again. Because this is something really needs to get through to you. Really needs to get through. I have a ton of scriptures I can read on it. I can continue to read on it. Hallelujah. But you're going to have to allow forgiveness to work in your life in order for healing to work in your life. You're wondering why that sickness, that disease, or that pain, whatever you're going through is still lingering around in your life? Why don't you search yourself? Why don't you search your heart? Why don't you search your mind and find out what it is that you're holding on to? What it is that you haven't let go of? What is it that, that's causing you to remember this pain? What is it that's causing you to look at the individual, if you ever see that individual or think of that individual, causing you to have nightmares, causing you to be angry, causing you to want to take their life, causing you want to get revenge? Because, see, the only thing what revenge is, revenge is to repay hurt for hurt. That's all revenge is. Revenge is nothing but, if you've never heard it before, here it is right here. Revenge, revenge is to pay hurt for hurt. So hurt for hurt doesn't heal. Forgiveness for hurt heals. I want you to think about that. Forgiveness for hurt heals. That's what works. And if you've been holding on, and I know that, that there's nobody out there that I'm list, that, that listening to me right now. There's not even right here where I'm sitting. There's nobody that's out there that have not been hurt or wounded by something or somebody. Everybody has been hurt, have been wounded by something or somebody. You're not going to tell me you haven't. Yes, you have. We all have. Everybody has. I have. Everybody listening to me have. And I'm here to tell you, as a living witness as well, when you allow forgiveness to work, healing is going to work. It will work. It will work. Let me read Psalm 86 and 5 here. 86 and 5. Hallelujah. Well, focus on 86 and 5. 86 and 5. Let me bring it all the way down from 1 to 5. See, I always like to give clarity of the scripture because most of the time I've heard people tell me that people have read one scripture, but yet they didn't understand what they were saying, what the message or the point they was trying to get across. So in Psalms 86, beginning at verse 1, and the focal points is at verse 5. Hear, O Lord, and answer me, for I am poor and needy. Guard my life, for I am devoted to you. You are my God. Save your servant who trusts in you. Have mercy on me, O Lord. You see, all of these things are being said. All of these things are being said, asking for God to work, work on their behalf. Have mercy on me, O Lord, for I call to you all day long. This is a person hurting, wounded, hurting. He says in verse 4, bring joy to your servant. For to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. Here it is, verse 5. You are forgiving 
and good, O Lord, abounding in love to all who call to you. Do you hear that? You are forgiving and good, O Lord, abounding in love to all who call to you. Anybody who calls on him with the sincerity of their hearts, with the sincerity of, I don't care if you're homeless. I don't care if you've got the worst addiction that everybody said that you'll never get over. I don't care if it's crack cocaine. I don't care if it's heroin. I don't care if it's alcoholism. I don't care if it's rape. I don't care if it's lying. I don't care what it is. I don't care what it is. Jesus is bigger and greater than any addiction and any problem and any hurt and any abuse. Jesus is. Jesus is. Jesus is. I'm crying out to you today. Those of you that are hurt and wounded. And a lot of you are trying to hide it and mask it real good. But deep down on the inside when you get alone. You still got that problem. And you know what? This is what leads to addiction. Hurt and pain. You won't admit it right now. You drink so much because you've been hurt somewhere, somehow. You smoke so much because your nerves are bad because of something you've been wounded by. You're strung out on the, the most addictive drug there is because you're trying to find some relief. You don't want to remember the hurt and pain that you go through. You, 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 you're, you're doing these things because you may not have what you want. You may not have a place to stay and you made some bad decisions and you cause yourself to be in the position you're, you're in and now you're, you're angry, but you don't know how to get over it because you're not practicing and hearing the word of the living God. Somebody got to tell you today that if you forgive yourself and if you forgive others, you can move forward. You can move forward. Nobody has ever told you this this way. They've talked about forgiveness a lot of ways, but they never talked to you about that forgiving is the answer to your healing, uh, to the healing of the hurt that you have on the inside. So I leave the question again with you. How can you get healing holding on to hurt? You'll never get it holding on to hurt. Let me pray with you today. Heavenly Father, we thank you right now. We thank you for all you've done. You thank you for what you're doing right now. We ask you to touch right now. Touch right now, Jesus. Lord, I need your help. To figure out how to forgive myself. To figure out how to forgive the one that hurt me, Lord. Hurt me really, really bad. To figure out, Father, how to get over this addiction. To figure out, Father, how to get over this pain. I'm drinking to try to forget the pain. I'm smoking to try to get over the nerves. I'm, 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 I'm on the most uh, addictive drug to heal to try not to be reminded of what I've gone through and what I'm dealing with every day of my life. But when I come off the high, 
When I get through smoking the cigarettes and the other type of cigarettes and whatever the other type of thing that I'm smoking, when I come back down to reality, the problem is still right there. The problem is still right there. Father, how do I get over this thing? How do I get past this thing? There's only one way. Help me, Father, to learn how to forgive. Learn how to forgive when someone have done the worst thing in my life that they can do to anybody. Please give me the strength to forgive them for the wrong that they've done to me. And please forgive me for the wrong that I've done to anybody else. Father, thank you right now for this chance and this opportunity. We're praying, Father, right now that you would touch me right now, Jesus. That you would send the healing in my life. Because this is the reason why the disease, cancer, AIDS, the COVID, the Omicron, and the monkeypoxes and all of the diseases are running rapid because of the sin has allowed the door to open for these things to come in and take over in this land. Because there's no forgiveness among us. We've been hypocrite as if we've forgiven everyone. We've said the Lord's prayer, but on the inside, we've really not forgiven those who've hurt us. Help us right now, Jesus. All over the world in other countries, wherever they may be listening to this, they need some healing, but they need to forgive the pain that someone has put them through with the wars and everything that is happening, all because of years and thousands of years ago that their ancestors have been wounded and hurt, and we're still holding on to hatred and the racism of the hurt that have happened years ago that have trickled down through generations all the way up until now. Father, we need some help right now. This is the only way this world, society, going to get back on track. It's the only way going to have to, the only way that we can stop the merciless killing, the shootings, the murderings. The only way is through forgiveness. Father, thank you right now. We lay it before you right now. Hear our cry, God. Just like you heard the children of Israel in the Old Testament when they was in their wrong, in their sin. And you forgave them. And you blessed them. Touch us today, Father. We need that blessing too right now. But most of all, give the one that hurt and wounded some direction how to be healed. So we thank you right now. Father, we give you the glory. Give you the praise. In Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. God bless you, brothers and sisters. May the peace of God be with you. You've been listening to the radio broadcast of Focus to Change Ministries. Please join us next Sunday from 9 o'clock to 10 o'clock a.m. And on this day, September the 11th, 2022, we acknowledge our first responders.